You're listening to In It Together, the podcast. I'm Arun Roth. Today is September 9th, 2020. Ahead on the show, the city of Lynn took early action to try to contain the coronavirus, but it's still among the communities hit hardest by the pandemic. I'll speak with Lynn Mayor Thomas McGee. But first, let's run through the coronavirus headlines. 338 people are currently hospitalized because of the coronavirus. That's up by 10 from yesterday. The State Department of Public Health has confirmed 182 new cases of COVID-19. That brings a total number of positive cases to 121,396. Four new deaths were also reported, bringing that total to 8,937. Meantime, the test positivity rate stands now at 0.8%. Joining me now is Thomas McGee. He's the mayor of Lynn. Mayor McGee, thanks for joining us. Glad to be with you today. So I, I sorry to start off with, with with a somber question, but to just ground us in your reality there. Could you tell us roughly how many cases and deaths you you've had in Lynn from COVID nineteen? The the deaths are at one fifteen. Sadly to say that the impact that it's been in our community has been uh, substantial, and as of today, we're at. About 4,657, 550 of those are positive cases. And as of today, eight new cases as of this morning. So, so sorry for the uh, for the loss, Mayor McGee. Before we talk about what's happening now, let, let, let's go back to the spring, which seems so far back. But, you know, we, we've talked on this show about how we're a very diverse state. The virus has followed different trajectories in different parts of, of, of the state. Tell us about how things were in, in, in your, your city, how the cases ebbed and flowed. Well, uh, we, uh, we really saw a, a substantial infection rate in our community. We were in the top three in the Commonwealth, uh, but I think it's reflective of our surrounding communities as well. Uh, Riviera, East Boston, Chelsea, Everett, and Lynn, we're very uh, dense communities, densely populated with uh, people living in close quarters. Uh, many of the people in our community were working in essential service jobs during that period of time. Uh, so we're out and working, so we're really um, not able to stay home and, and do work from home uh, as many other people have been able to do. So it reflected on the reality of the demographics in our community, kind of jobs that people had, and then we saw a substantial impact throughout the spring into the summer and, and, and as cases really were closing in 100 a day at this period of time. So we really we really were hard hit early on. So we, we've really tried to understand the impact in our community and then really work with uh, people in our community to help us limit the spread as we've gone through the summer. We had uh, in July, uh, we had uh, probably four, at least four weeks where we had really come substantially down in single digits for almost every day and then saw a spike earlier into the middle of August uh, and have just over the last week or so started to see us a week and a half stabilize a little bit and start to um, see less cases than we were seeing uh, probably two or three weeks ago. You, you mentioned demographics and, and something we talk about almost every night on the show is is how the pandemic has disproportionately affected certain communities. First, uh, the, the essential workers, as, as, as you mentioned, are, are, are among them. But uh, could you also talk about you know the, the, the racial and, and socioeconomic breakdown of, of the city? Because I, that, that's that's a factor, too. Yeah. Yeah, we have a large, very large uh, Tino population, 36 plus percent, uh, Asian, Cambodian, Vietnamese. We have uh, African-American, uh, 13 or 14 percent of our community. So we have a, a large and diverse population. And in terms of the economics and the, the jobs that many people in our community have, their uh, service jobs, uh, they may not be essential service jobs, but many are with uh, in the healthcare and the food production industry, but uh, they're also 
the type of jobs that you know that are coming in contact with other people uh, much more um, frequently than than would be the type of jobs where many people have been able to go and get on Zoom or do remote work. Uh, many people have been probably remotely working since early March and continue to do that. So it, it really is reflective of the diversity and the, uh, but just importantly the economic challenges, but kind of jobs that people in our community have. And, and uh, that is what I think reflects on what our demographics are and how the impact clearly is, is uh, on communities like Lynn. What are the biggest needs in, in, in a city right right now? I mean, there, there are all kinds of relief that we're talking about, uh, you know, for, for a second wave. What, what do you need the most? Well, I think getting the community to continue to work with us, and I think they have, I think what happened in August, people were letting their guard down. We had seen a real reduction in our cases. The weather was beautiful or getting warm, and, and people had been really trying to be vigilant uh, through several months as we had an increase in cases. So it's continuing to understand that this is, uh, uh, I've said it a number of times, but COVID-19 does not take a vacation. It's still out and about, and we need to be very vigilant in our community to continue with social distancing, wearing masks, doing the, uh, the washing of hands and hand sanitizer, uh, not gathering in large groups, staying within our so-called bubble, I guess, as we were talking, and, and really following the guidelines that really do allow us to limit the spread. The other piece that's really been a challenge is, um, and I, you know, hopefully the federal government and U.S. Senate in particular will step in and authorize what the U.S. Congress has done to continue to uh, make uh, financial support available for businesses, for, for those that are uh, struggling without jobs, uh, the unemployment, and clearly the food insecurity has been a big piece of uh, the challenges we've faced. And I want to thank so many people in our community who've really come together. Uh, the Salvation Army has been a real uh, key player with uh, a number of other organizations uh, in ensuring that there's food available for families in our community. Uh, the city council stepped up early on uh, to uh, to be part of that operation. And so we will continue to make the efforts to ensure that people have food on their table. Uh, we had grab and goes from the schools, which uh, as the schools go back, uh, we will see probably a little bit less opportunity those that aren't in school. But while we were running through the whole uh, breadth of the uh, the challenges we faced over the last five or six months. Uh, anybody 18 or younger could actually access food at our schools through the uh, with the grab and go program. So we really worked hard to make sure that we were uh, providing food within our community. That challenge will continue. You mentioned the the need to make sure that people still know about best practices going forward. You know, wearing masks, washing hands, things like 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 that, getting tested if if they need to. Do you think that that was what was behind the the recent spike that you were also talking about? You also mentioned neighboring communities. That's something we heard about, say, in in Revere, uh, that that there were some people being lax in in terms of social distancing and and mask wearing. And and it's I think it's not unique to us. I mean, if you look at what happened nationally uh, over the summer, you know, the spikes you saw in many states were because yeah. people really weren't. You know, young people were out. Uh, we saw us, the, the spike we had over the, the month of August was 18 to 40 year olds. So I think it's not unique, but it is summer and we're seeing it in the colleges. Now you're 18, you, you've been uh, uh, sitting around at home and unable to do many things and get with your friends. Now you're off at college. Uh, I think it's tough to say to 18 year olds, okay, stay in your room and uh, do remote learning. Uh, it's, it's a challenge, but in the same respect, we need to continue to, I think, strongly emphasize how important it is that we uh, my CFO has been saying it. He said, you know, it's up to you. And, I, and I'm saying it's up to us, up to all of us 
to understand that we can help get through these times, limit the spread, do what we need to do as, as hopefully over the next few months, treatments, uh, more and more treatments on uh, how to deal with people who have COVID, that a vaccine will become available sometime in the, in, in hopefully the near future. So we need to continue to understand that we as a community, both in Lynn and, and the larger community, we can make a difference. Uh, I know it's a, it's a challenge. This is a different world that we live in and people aren't used to uh, not being social. That's who we are. That's what makes us, uh, our community special, but makes us all special. And having a step back from that is a challenge. But in the same respect, as we continue to, I think, reinforce uh, what we, we need to do, get the message out there and continue to uh, let people know that if we want kids to be back in school, we need to wear a mask when we're out. If we want businesses to continue to be able to be open and uh, continue to move forward in a positive direction, we all have to work together to ensure that we're not doing the things that allow this to spread while we get to get our hands around as a, as a country and the world, obviously, how we can uh, treat this, this virus and how we can uh, get uh, hopefully a vaccine to eliminate or address it in a way that gets us past this crisis. So uh, we're going to continue to message. We've, we're really partnering with the state. With uh, They've been great. We have more testing in the community, several testing locations. So I think it's important for people to get tested if they're not feeling well, if they think they've been exposed, or the testing in Lynn is actually for those that um, even asymptomatic that might want to ensure that they're not uh, that they're not carrying the virus. So the testing's available. Be available. And, and if you get a call from contact tracers, let them know who you were with. And they're calling you because you either you've been positive or you might have been exposed. Give the right information so we can identify where the cases are spreading. And, you know, just uh, continue to follow those guidelines. And if, if we do that together, we can really make a difference. With testing, are, are you uh, happy with the testing level the, the city is currently, currently has? We have four locations right now. And I want, again, I want to thank the administration for stepping up with us. We have two mobile locations right now, which have been great. Uh, we have Lynn Community Health Center that has a, a walk-up, as well as uh, North Shore Medical Center, which is now uh, Mass General Brigham uh, at the old Union Hospital site. And I was actually on a call earlier uh, to continue to ensure that, that that amount of testing that is in the community will continue to be available. And they've been working with us to ensure that those uh, locations, some of them may be changing over the next month, but they will still be available. So the, the testing is key. And, and we've been able to meet the demand right now of the testing uh, uh, so we're going to continue to uh, work with the state to ensure that we have those mobile testing locations, and they've been great, and continue on with um, both Mass General Brigham, Metro Medical Center, and the Lynn Community Health Center. You know, we, we've talked about how the pandemic uh, has hit your city hard in, 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 a, in a painful way, and also how, how your city is home to in a way that kind of makes sense along with that is, is home to so many of the communities that have been disproportionately hit by this. We, we've talked to people in man, probably more cities than I can count right now with large numbers of cases and deaths. And, and they've they've worried about the pandemic, not creating inequities, but but making the existing ones worse. And I'm, I'm wondering how you feel about where things are in Lynn and, and where you might be on that trajectory. I think it really has put a spotlight on the uh, income inequality and, and the challenges economically that people face that I think we understood, but it's definitely uh, been highlighted in a, in a really uh, pretty strong way over the last few months uh, of those that are impacted, the jobs that uh, people may have lost, uh, may have lost permanently, 
all the jobs that people have to go to, even in a pandemic, particularly in essential service and either food production or, or supermarkets and, and those kind of jobs. So it, I think it is, um, it's something that reflects on uh, the challenges we had faced in the past, but what clearly we understand today. And I think it's important for all of us to uh, work together to ensure that those opportunities uh, that we can create as we get out of this and our economy uh, starts to move back to where it was, that we work together to uh, make sure those opportunities are there for everyone and that uh, the kind of economic opportunity doesn't leave certain communities behind. So it's it's something that I think is highlighted clearly during this crisis, uh, but it, uh, I guess you can look at it as an opportunity to really address it in a more straightforward way as we move out of this uh, hopefully move out of this over the next six months or year and, and both on healthcare, on jobs, on housing, the kind of things that really can make a difference for everyone in our community. But we understand that those challenges are faced by our neighbors and, and those that live in our community. And we need to work together to create that opportunity that uh, we believe everyone deserves and we can work together on, on facing those challenges. Mayor McGee, it's been really good speaking with you. Appreciate you taking the time. You must be extremely busy, and uh, we'll have to check back in again. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's Thomas McGee. He's the mayor of Lynn. Thanks for listening to In It Together, the podcast from WGBH News in Boston. You can listen to the full show live Monday through Thursday on 89.7 FM if you're in the Boston area, or you can stream online at our website, wgbhnews.org. You can listen to full episodes there as well. Our show is produced by Amanda Beeland and Matt Baskin. Our technical director is Bill Piacitelli. All music written and produced by Elio DeLuca. See you tomorrow, and remember, we're all in it together.